You're listening to Under a Pile of Books, and in this episode, I sit down with T.S. Chan, one of the reviewers at Novel Notions. She and I have a tremendous conversation about what got her into reviewing, some of her favorite reads, and especially about the importance of book bloggers in the review community. And my favorite part of the conversation, diversity in fantasy. I hope you enjoy. I'm here with T.S. Chan, one of the reviewers at Novel Notions, and I've enjoyed interacting with her on Twitter and just having a a great time. So welcome, T.S. Oh, thank you so much, Kelvin, for inviting me. Um, I've listened to your podcast quite a few times, and I'm pretty excited to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have you here, so thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. So my, my first question to kind of get us started here is, what got you into uh, reviewing? I, I love reading your reviews and following your reviews on Twitter and over on Novel Notions. Oh, and thank so, you. Uh, what, what, what got you into reviewing in the first place, though? I kind of stumbled into it. Um, I only started, I only joined Goodreads about, I think, in 2014. And that's only because I got back into reading in about two two years before that. Um, I needed to a way to keep track of the books that I've read and the books that I want to read, and um, and I thought Goodreads is a good way to go about it. Um, at first, it was just a mid I was just putting in star ratings. Uh, I wasn't writing anything, mm-hmm. and progressively from there. I started putting a couple of sentences after I finished a book because I just wanted to share my thoughts and how I felt about the book and yeah I just the writing just got longer and longer (laughs) and and it becomes a review (laughs) um uh, it's kind of strange and I think it's it's such an amazing thing though because I never really had any friends on Goodreads when I started and because I started writing about what I thought about the books that I've read that um, I started getting people pinging me to add me as friends Um, these are Mm. people that I do not know uh, coming from all over the world and yeah I started joining some group reads and and it just snowballed from there and it's pretty great actually uh, I never knew that the book community on Goodreads was uh, so big until I really got into it. And um, I think about a couple of years back, I was actually invited to join uh, a blog as well. Um, that's when I also knew, oh, no, that's also a couple of years back. That's almost three years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got no, I got to know Patrick first, and then he was part of mm-hmm. BookNest, right? Um, right yep. And a few months later, um, Petros was looking for uh, another blogger and uh, yeah, and I raised my hands and he said, why don't you join us? And from there, we kind of branched out on our own now at Novel Notions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I have to say that I have no regrets starting to do this. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And, you know, I, I like you have really found that the book community uh, on Goodreads and on Twitter, it really is a worldwide uh, community. And one of the things that I love about that is uh, through uh, reviewing and through reading books and discussing them online, I've gotten to know people 
literally from all over the world. Um, yeah, and that, that's just playing you and I. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's so cool to get to talk and interact with people uh, from all over the world. You know, sometimes literally opposite sides of the planet who love the same stuff and and just have a good time with um, with some of the same books or some of the same interests. I, I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like if you look at the the bunch of reviewers that we have on uh, Novel Notions, you have myself in Singapore, Patrick in Indonesia, yes, Celeste in the U in the States, uh, Emma joined us to write for non SSF. Uh, she's from the UK, and then we have Haifa who lives in France. So, and we do chat with each other every day. Uh, we have a group chat on WhatsApp. I mean, WhatsApp is a fantastic tool <laughs> for for people all over the world to keep in touch. Yeah, content. yeah. It is. It's so neat. It's so neat. I, I think it's. I think it's really cool. Um, going along with that, uh, with this kind of kind of idea of talking with people from from all over the world and and uh, connecting over things that that we all like or whatnot. I know you. Uh, like me, are a fan of Will White's uh, Cradle series. Uh, so I'm curious, uh, how did you get into the Cradle series, and what do you love most about it? Um, I think, okay, I knew about the Cradle series because uh, I was a Kindle Unlimited subscriber on and off for a few mm. years now, and it kept popping up in one of my recommended reads. Uh, obviously, it's Asian-inspired. Um, I'm Chinese. I grew up on Wuxia and Xianxia movies and TV series. Oh, uh, so it, cool. It did intrigue me. <laughs> so it really did intrigue me. But it took me a while before I started because I noticed that uh, there are quite a few books involved. Um, and even Patrick started talking about it and said, oh, everybody's asking me to read Cradle. I said, <laughs> okay, why don't I jump into it first? So I started reading Cradle about end of, uh, I think, yeah, December last year. End of December last year. Yeah, and I've, I just blasted through it. It mm -hmm. was so, so fun. It's so addictive. I think a lot of times people use the word epic and fun and addictive a lot when it comes to, to describing their fantasy reads. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's any series that uh, deserves those words more than Cradle. It, it, you just can't put it down. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, it, you know, I I picked uh, the first book, Unsold, up uh, sometime last year, sometime in 2018, and I, I really enjoyed that. And then it took me still like maybe another two months or something before I picked up the second book, and then. I was just completely hooked and kind of blasted through them. And then, of course, earlier this uh, year, Underlord came out, and, and I read that immediately and then Uncrowned recently here. Uh, it's just really cool. And this is actually my uh, my first exposure to, like, Ciencia, uh as a, as a genre. I haven't, I, I've read a couple, like, web serials, but I hadn't really been exposed to it before... Uh, the Cradle series, so uh, it's it's now a genre that I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can kind of experience more of and and uh, uh, whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, it's been it's been really cool and I really love it. I, I agree, it's just fun and epic and really addictive. I I don't know, maybe it's because Will 
keeps these books fairly small, right? They're around 90,000 yeah. words yeah. or so. So you can, you can read them very quickly and it's just, you know, you, you can go through them. Um, and there's like that, that, Oh, just the next one, just the next chapter, just the next, you know, it feels <laughs> very much like that. So. Yeah. And that's the thing, right. And I mean, I only know what progression fantasy uh, is after picking up cradle. Mm. And before that, I don't even know about Naruto. I don't know about shonen fighting because i i don't read anime uh, and i don't watch i mean i don't watch anime i don't read manga but uh i've read so many reviews that talk about uh, how much credo reminds them of uh these two um series and it's i, I can imagine why it's um there's such a big fan base for 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 stories like this it's the whole part of how the characters progress in their powers from one book mm-hmm. to another. That uh, it's just it just draws you in. It's yeah the martial arts and magic system which I use loosely because I was told that you don't call it magic system is actually what you call Swan Huan. Uh, it's and it's, it's a martial arts based system where the the characters de- cultivate what they call their internal power. Uh, okay. So uh-huh. it, it, yeah. So that's what. The, the the series is all about and obviously Lyndon being such an underdog uh, it makes the series mm-hmm. even more compelling right yeah absolutely and and that's one of the the Lyndon's determination and really his journey um and the way that he works to in a very real way cultivate all these different aspects of himself and and really to uh you know, to, to, to shape himself, uh, into who he wants to be. Uh, it's, it's really a neat story because right in the midst of it, right in the midst of the, the whole progression system, there's character development, um, at, at this emotional level. And I actually think where the, 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 for me, the cradle books that are the best are the ones where we really see the emotional development of the characters going hand in hand with um, their their progression in terms of power, uh, in terms of like the magic or whatever. Yeah, and which is why Underlord was so good. Oh, so amazing. I mean, and that's the whole point, right? To become Underlord, you need to know who you are mm-hmm. and what you're, why mm-hmm. you're doing that why are you trying so hard to progress and yeah oh my god that was so so good yeah it really it really was and you know so i'm i'm curious uh i know you've recently uh reviewed oathbringer uh actually uh-huh. um uh-huh. and uh to me oathbringer the, the whole stormlight archive has some slight similarities to cradle in in that right for for the the surge binders the night rate the night's radiant to advance they take these you know they say these different words right depending on their order or whatever and that also is based in sort of knowing yourself and being ready to speak the next words and and mean them um so I'm, I'm curious just... if you've seen that similarity or not. <laughs> Absolutely. And which yeah. is why, yeah. Um, 
my gosh, when you said offspring, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. Uh, in fact, the whole Stormlight series, right? When I start, when I picked up the Way of Kings, I have no idea what I was in store for. That was probably the biggest book I've ever read at that point in time. Mm. Um, it was daunting, but oh my gosh, it, I, I still remember that when I got to the, 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 the climax of the book, you know, at, from, from the tower onwards, and once I finished it, I immediately went back to the start of the tower and I read it again. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah, and then that's what I love about Brandon Sanderson's books as well, is that, and he always says this, right? Um, it's not so much that, yeah, you have your magic systems, you have your world building, but more importantly is that how do you, how do you, how do you put, how do, it's, it's all about the people in that world mm-hmm. and in that magic system and the kind of trials and challenges that they have to go through. That, what's make, that is what makes a story interesting and engaging. And, and this guy, the people and, and the characters that we meet in Stormlight, all of them have such, such fascinating backgrounds, such compelling stories to tell. And it's so emotional. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, you're, you're, you're so right. Now, I've actually found, uh, it, it, as I've read more and more sci-fi and fantasy, uh, I, I love magic systems. I, I love different ways of, 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 you know, doing cool stuff. And I like epic fantasy. That's, that's one of my favorite genres. But the more I read, the more I find that what I'm really drawn to is character stories and uh, strong characters, not necessarily meaning strong in terms of their personalities, but strong, strongly developed characters, uh, really uh, interesting characters and characters that I can feel a connection with and really feel their emotions. Uh, those tend to be what really draw me into stories. Um, and I think Cradle does that. I think the Stormlight Archive does that, and plenty of other uh, books as well. But that—that's definitely one of the things that really draws me into a story is—is is the characters and being able to feel their emotions myself. So. Yeah, and and I think that um, the genre has evolved to such a state. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. when we first start, when I first started reading, uh, I'm not sure where. Uh, which one was the, the 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 series that brought you into fantasy? My first, uh, my first foray into fantasy was Dragonlance. Um, oh, awesome! <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, well, I have to say that the the the, the twins trilogy there there are some emotions in there, uh, because the whole dynamic between Caramon and Raislin. I'm not sure if you have read that, those books. Yes, yes, I uh, have, yes. But yeah, the, the, the character development of Raislin in particular, I found to be really fascinating. He's, yeah, he could be good or bad, depending on mm-hmm. where you're coming mm-hmm. from, right? Uh, and I found that very interesting. But I believe a lot of classic fantasy uh, back in those days, uh, there's a... I won't say there's less character development, but there's a lot more emphasis on the whole world building, the the the, the epic epicness of the fantasy rather than focusing on 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 a character. And typically, it's written in a way that is um, you don't really get into the head of the character as much as what we get now from modern fantasy. And that, and I suppose we kind of have to credit 
George R. R. Martin for that. It's the way he mm-hmm. kind of brought that very uh, that third person uh, limited point of view writing into Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I think you're right. I think it, it really it was um, Game of Thrones with George R. R. Martin, and also at around the same time. Um, the the wheel of time by robert jordan uh, both of those yeah. series right i think really got really let us see this limited third person perspective working in epic big overarching fantasy series and uh, frankly i think it, it it really changed the genre throughout the 90s and then especially after the turn of the century uh, when you started having that be picked up by other authors who were were kind of coming onto the scene at that time? Brandon Sanderson being one of them, but but others as well, certainly. So it's a great time to be a fan of fantasy books. <laughs> oh, it really is. It really, really is. Um, and, and with that in mind, because I I really do think that this is just a wonderful time to be a fan of of fantasy and and uh, of all sorts and of all sorts of uh, subgenres. But but with that in mind, what's your favorite part of being you know, a book blogger, a, a reviewer in the sci-fi fantasy genre. What's what's kind of your favorite part of that? Oh, well, I, mm, so many parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I'm actually talking to you is it's, it's already pretty amazing, right? And, and, and we are sharing our love for, mm-hmm. for fantasy, um, well, across across half the world actually you yeah the other side of the world we're talking about 12 hours time difference here mm-hmm. uh it's really being part of the, the book community getting to know the people and and not just limited to to the reviewers and bloggers it's also the authors um the world of um, the book community now is so much smaller because of social media i mean mm-hmm. back in the days can you imagine even communicating with an author that you love it's, oh my goodness right Mm-hmm. Right, and and I think yeah, being a book blogger in this time and age is so different from I don't know twenty years ago. I'm not even sure if book bloggers exist then, but yeah, the fact that we are able to how do you say be part of this larger community in the world, and we mm-hmm. feel like there's almost no barriers, no boundaries. Um, that's probably my favorite part, and obviously. Being able to share uh, the books that you love and recommend it to other uh, readers and hoping that they will pick it up. And for new authors, this I think this is actually a very valuable thing that we uh, bring to the table. That it's just the, the word of mouth. And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. somehow I felt that the, the, the blogging community, I'm, I'm not dissing professional reviewers, but I think within the, com- the blogging community itself, uh, we do have a different reach because we reach directly to the fans mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. who are our followers, right? And I think that is, I, would choose, I, I think the publishers recognize that nowadays. Yeah, no, I I think so, and I you know I think part of that um, social media allows the world to become smaller uh, in some ways, and it, you know there's a lot of bad with social media and stuff too, but but it, one of the things it does yeah right, um, but but one of the things by making the world smaller, I think it's also given a platform for. 
um, authors from different cultures or writing different cultures uh, to to have a means of of breaking in to uh, the the sort of the book scene and 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 kind of getting on the radar in maybe a way that they wouldn't have had 20 years ago. And I'm, I'm thinking here of um, Fonda Lee's uh, Green Bone Saga, for instance, or, um, you know, what, what uh, K.S. Veloso has written, or um, Elliot oh, Bedard, or, you know, plenty of, plenty of others who, you know, are, are people of color or uh, are writing... Uh, cultures that I, I think are very different from maybe the standard fantasy culture of, of 20 years ago. And I think that's really great for the genre. And I really love reading it. Uh, so as a reader, I'm, I'm so stoked. Uh, and I think that's partially, I'm not saying it's all because of of being able to to kind of be a worldwide community. But I think definitely the fact that the sci-fi fantasy book community is a worldwide community has helped get more of that uh, diversity in the in the genre. Uh, you know what? Speaking of Fondali, and I completely agree with what you said, I actually met Fondali at uh, the Worldcon in Dublin. Oh, and wow. You can't believe how much I was fan <laughs> <laughs> I was just like standing there, I was like, oh my God, I love your books. I love what you did. Yada, yada, yada. Again, I'm Chinese. I grew up watching Hong Kong gangster movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jade City, Jade War. Oh my gosh, it, it just brought back so much memories, right? Of those days when I was watching, you know, Chow Yun Fat and Andy Lau, uh, and yeah, and those movies like uh, Better Tomorrow. It's just amazing, and, and, and you're right. I mean, the way she was able to create this world which is, uh, I mean, it, it, you can see that she draws uh, upon um, a, bit of, a bit of Hong Kong, a bit of Japan, and, and all mm-hmm. the whole Yakuza and, and syndicate, a crime syndicate uh, scene. But she made it into her own world, and, and that's what's so cool about it, right? And obviously adding in the whole martial arts bit and having um, the magic so to speak uh for the use of jade and it's um it's a good time it's one of the best urban fantasy series i've read as well because it doesn't Mm -hmm. it it branched out from the typical you know vampires and werewolves and that's right yeah that we we get and those are fun but at least we not we need to see something different coming out from from urban fantasy nowadays yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more, and and uh, that's really cool that you had the opportunity to meet uh, Fonda Lee. That's uh, uh, I'm I'm really excited because WorldCon will be in uh, my neck of the woods in a couple years, 2021. I think it's in DC, and so uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for for that. Uh, I have every intention of being there, and and uh, I I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. So. Um, I'm hoping to make it for the 2021 DC World Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, keeping my fingers crossed because I think that uh, if WorldCon is held in the in America, there will be a lot more American authors who will be there, mm-hmm. and uh, need I need 
to meet Brandon Sanderson. I just have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I actually um I got the chance to to meet him uh, just briefly at a signing that he did. Actually, I think it was uh, on his um book tour for A Memory of Light when the the final book in the Wheel of Time released. And uh, he he is like just in person as he often comes across online. He's just the nicest guy, and uh, he he really. Like he will stay there, um, like at a signing until every fan gets their their book signed. Uh, yeah, that's what I read about him. And I, yeah, and I've also watched. I think that was one of his really... signings. He, he he somebody recorded it, and yeah, he actually said that I'll be here until every book is signed. He actually stated that up front, uh, before before the whole thing started. So and. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, for some yeah. Sort of guy who is so successful right now, for him to to do that, I, I think it's it's really brilliant. Yeah. A- as you can tell, I'm a huge fan of Sanderson. No. Yeah. Probably yeah. No. No. I I hear you. I hear you. I'm a huge Brandon Sanderson fan. So, um, I can't wait for for um, uh, book four in the Stormlight Archive, Rhythm of War. I'm I'm really. Really looking forward to that one, and I'm, I'm hoping it'll be out by next year, but I don't know. We'll see. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No problem. No, no, go, please. Oh, no, I was just saying that I think I'm putting my hopes up for early 2021, actually. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably the more likely. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of time period would be early 2021 but i i'm still in the back of my mind kind of hoping <laughs> for uh like november 2020 or something so i'd be that would just be a great uh great christmas gift for myself for uh <laughs> next year. Well, it is Anderson after all that's right that's right it, it is so you know it could happen oh man um so Kind of uh, again, kind of going along with with some of what we've been saying just about fantasy and and uh, what we're seeing in the genre right now. Um, what makes fantasy stand out to you as a genre, or or maybe maybe another way of asking that question is why do you read fantasy? Uh, I think escapism is probably mm. the one thing that most fantasy readers will. Uh, ascribe to to say why they love fantasy. That's definitely one of the reasons why I have read I read fantasy in the first place. Um, it's just that um, there's just so much diversity in fantasy right now. Uh, back in the days, it was because I was just blown away by the imagination that the authors have. Mm. Uh, I still remember picking up. Yeah, Dragonlance back in the time, open up the book, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy actually imagined a map of the world. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, 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 and obviously, dragons, oh my god, who doesn't love dragons? Uh, uh, that was how I got into fantasy. And slowly from there, uh, at this point in time, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at my, I look at my bookshelf now. I mean, between writers like yeah, Fonda Lee, N.K. Jamison, R.J. Barker, Scott Lynch, Jen Williams, Robert Jackson Bennett, okay, M.L. Wang, for example. I mean, the, 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 
it, just think about the, the, the diversity in the kind of stories that are being told in fantasy mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mind-blowing. And I do think that there's a lot of uh, relevant themes that are being um, discussed in fantasy that uh, pretty much like sci-fi, it really explores the human condition, but in ways that are a bit more imaginative and um, a bit more immersive because you actually get to visit a whole new world. And uh, it's fun that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think what what, what you just said, I, I think is really true that um, fantasy, you know, people often talk about science fiction at its best really being an exploration of the human condition. Uh, but I think like you said, the same is true for fantasy, uh, especially uh, fantasy that we're, we're seeing like right now that's been published maybe in the past five to ten years and, and, and going forward. I think it, it really does try to explore in some very profound ways questions of, of humanity and what it means to be human, questions of how humans interact with one another, uh, all of those kinds of, of, of things. And I think it does so in, for me anyway, an enjoyable way that, yes, is kind of escapist, but also in a way that, that leaves me thinking after I've finished, which is what I really love. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Oh, it's it's just uh, I know a lot of people. I, I do have a lot of friends who don't read fantasy, mm-hmm. and to them, they just say that it's just so much work because it involves getting yourself. Uh, uh, in, there's so much world building involved, so mm-hmm. they need mm-hmm. to spend a lot of time getting to know the world and such. But I, I think that's actually the best part of it. Um, that uh, you're able to put yourself. It, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's because you're taking yourself out from what we call the real world into this imaginary world. Uh, and imagine how uh, people and societies can uh, um, evolve in that particular world. And, and authors are, nowadays authors are really good at making sure that everything goes together very seamlessly, that it all makes sense. Like, have you read The Bone Ships? I have, yes, by R.J. Bart, yes. Um, I really enjoyed that. The way he incorporated seafaring into the the whole culture, the economy, and Mm -hmm. the philosophy of the people, that was, I don't know, I was very, very impressed. And and I I don't even normally like seafaring stories, but this one was amazing. I, I, I I loved it, even though ninety percent of the time I was on the ship. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, and and I really think the bone ships that that world building is. I mean, it had good character work and, and stuff as well, but the world building there was truly impressive. Um, just just the immersive level of uh, the the ships and the culture and the economy and how all of this fits together. Um, so. That that was that was a fun read. I actually have a review. I think that'll be uh, dropping for that soon. So, oh, I'm looking forward to read that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I was raving about it, and and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember um, reading your review about it. So, um, 
we can talk about fantasy and why we love it for hours, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very true. It's very true. We could so, but unfortunately, um, we we can't just talk about it for hours and hours. Uh, all good things must come to an end. Uh, so yeah. in uh, with with that in mind, uh, T.S., where, where can fi- where can uh, where can folks find you and your reviews um, online? Um, okay, well, I'm a reviewer for one of the reviewers for Novel Notions. So you can find me on Novel Notions. And I'm also very um, pretty active on Goodreads. Um, same handle, T.S. Chan. Uh, that's where you can find me. Very good. And T.S., thank and you I so much. I to interact with you further. Well, thank you so much for, for being willing to come on and chat. I really appreciate it. So. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This has been fun. <laughs>